Okay, so welcome everyone to another episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. Now, this podcast is about discussing topics and subjects that people are not aware about. People feel uncomfortable to discuss these topics. And we are here to explore such topics because it's fun and it makes us feel uncomfortable, which is actually very important for our growth if we see common sense. And just to inform everyone, this is going to be the last episode of season one of Let's Get Uncomfortable. And we are going to end this season with a very interesting topic I have, sto- I have stored in for y'all. So this, today I'm, I have invited a very special friend of mine. And he's also very prolific and passionate about this particular subject. Now, his the guest is Aman Vasavda. So hello, Aman. How are you, man? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm feeling good, Abhishek. How are you? Thanks so much for inviting me to this podcast. Are you welcome? So uh, just to give everyone some insight, Aman uh, was so nervous about this episode because it was his first time, like you know, getting interviewed or discussing on a podcast. But he is so prepared, and before the call, he was so excited to discuss this because it's a subject that he's very passionate about. So Aman, could you tell us what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, sure. So we're going to talk about privacy and privacy law in India which I think are topics that cover a lot of things people feel uncomfortable about, but there's just not enough conversation about. Okay, and just to add to that, we are also going to explore the grey area of this privacy law and things that are surrounding it. Because this is a very, what do you say, it's a very, uh, what do you say, it can confuse you as well because what what pertains in this law and the conversation around it certainly confused me while we were doing our research. So we're going to explore that gray area around it also. So first of all, let's, Aman, introduce yourself to everyone. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you, who gives you the right to discuss this? And why are you so passionate about it? A little about your background. Right. So I'm a law student. I'm studying at the National Law School in Bangalore. And I came across privacy law in the course of my studies there. And what makes me talk about some of these issues right now in particular is uh, because we are living in a very crucial moment in the history of privacy and privacy law. So on the one hand, just as India is getting increasingly data-driven, the Supreme Court has conclusively affirmed that the right to privacy is very much a fundamental right under our constitution. On the other hand, we don't have a comprehensive privacy law yet, but one such law called the Personal Data Protection Bill is being discussed by the Parliament of India as we record this. And when this bill becomes a law, it could potentially touch everything we do in our lives. So there's all the reasons we need to be passionate about this subject. Okay. And just to, before moving on to discuss this further, I would just like to give some basic context to our listeners here. So I'm just going to be speaking a few lines about what is the privacy law and a little bit about the PDP bill as well. PDP means personal data protection. So like before, like privacy is a very subjective concept, but there are some basic uh, elements of privacy. Like we don't want to get uh, intrused or we don't want to get interfered when we are doing something that is very personal for us. So that is like the basic definition of what privacy is. And as Aman said, it is like a fundamental right to privacy is a fundamental right, but it is not officially granted by the Constitution of India. And let me tell you, like, it has been indirectly expressed in other uh, freedom, in other freedom rights of ours, such as freedom of speech 
and also right to life and personal liberty under Art 21 of the Constitution of India. But this has not been officially been imposed by the state. But this is currently being discussed as Aman said. And recently the Constitution uh, bench of Honorable Supreme Court has also held the right to privacy as a fundamental right. But it has a certain restriction which we are going to explore further. And as we move on further, we are also going to discuss about personal data protection. Now personal data protection involves everything that is electronic data which is being used and transferred within our state. So we are going to discuss that also in very in the very depth. So before Aman, I would the first question I would like to ask you is that where and when did the requirement for the privacy law in India stem from? It must have been come from somewhere because what according to my research, it some like they passed a they passed a similar law in European Union and it did that that is what inspired our Indian government and our law. So yeah. Aman, what's your take on it? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So I would say there are two broad factors that have led to, you know, this new law being drafted in India. One is domestic, one is international. Now, first, within India, we saw the development of the Aadhaar card project. And uh, some people justifiably freaked out about the fact that, you know, they were giving up so many personal details, including biometric details to the government and maybe even to private companies. And that led to many cases being filed and it wasn't part of as part of these proceedings that the Supreme Court eventually said, yes, privacy is a fundamental right. Uh, And the next obvious question was, okay, now in this age where everyone is collecting our data, where is the law to protect this fundamental right? So that's where, you know, the the impetus came for the PDP bill in India. The second reason is the international one, which you rightly mentioned, is that generally due to the world economy being digitized and data driven these days, many countries around the world are also making or remaking their own data privacy laws. Most notably, uh, the European Union enacted a law called the GDPR, which has in many ways already changed the world around us, uh, especially how businesses function. So it was only natural that, you know, India had to keep up by devising its own data protection and privacy regulations. Okay, Aman, could you tell us uh, a little about GDPR? Like, what is it so that, you know, our listeners can get the context? Right. So um, GDPR is a a data protection, is a general data protection regulation, which means that um, we'll we'll talk about in detail when we touch India's PDP bill, because it's a very similar law, in fact. So it's it's just a law, it's just a law to govern the relation between you as someone who gives data and the person processing your collecting your data, which could be a company or the government. So the GDPR, like India's PDP bill, um, you know, governs what are the rules and regulations uh, what are the rules and regulations which will govern what they can do with my data okay got you so according to what you've told me now and what i've been researching i think privacy law and the introduction of pdp pdp bill sounds like a good idea to me like like it's a good idea so what is your take on it like do you think it's a good idea or like what is your opinion about it no, it's it's definitely a good idea to have a data protection law because everything is becoming data-driven these days. And as a result, there is constantly increasing level, levels of personal information about everyone being processed or circulated out there. And, you know, that definitely makes people uncomfortable, right? Think about it. Don't we all often have these conversations with our friends like, oh, is Mark Zuckerberg listening to my conversations? Or, you know, how did I get an Insta ad about something I was talking about 10 minutes ago? 
you know he must have at some point yeah. just looked into a you know a cctv camera at a cafe or in your college corridor and just wondered hmm, who's looking at me how much do they know about me and you know <laughs> most yeah most recently i think uh, when arogya setu app was launched by the government many people were uncomfortable about you know letting the world know that they had covid so all these concerns and conversations are on the rise and we are beginning to realize that privacy issues already touch many things in our life so it's definitely a good idea for policy makers to think about the harms of privacy violation and enact a law to protect us from these harms okay uh, very like i'm getting from where you're coming like i can see like there are cons and pros also of this discussion and this law that is being passed so now that you said that privacy and privacy law will touch most of the things we do in our life can you tell me exactly what we are talking about when we use the word privacy what exactly is been protected here because in a moral sense and general sense we know what is privacy but in the words of our law in the words of our constitution and legislation what is privacy right so that's a great question because as you said earlier you know the privacy as a concept is very subjective and dynamic meaning each of us can have different conceptions of what it is to us and that too changes over time so like you know some people are happily sharing intimate photos publicly on facebook whereas some don't even put up a profile photo you know similarly most indians lived in joint families and they had a very less conception of a private space whereas today most privileged kids in the cities will demand a separate room for themselves so privacy really can be whatever you want it to be but you know as from a legal perspective the right to privacy is grounded in the right to you know life and personal liberty primarily so and of course it also facilitates a lot of freedoms and uh, it also protects you against discrimination so i'll just give you a few examples of what the law you know what the supreme court has mentioned as could be the types of privacy uh, that could be protected cool yeah so one is spatial privacy you know that's just your ability to be let alone in your space right you don't want a cctv camera in your bedroom a second one is bodily privacy so you know if i'm pregnant i don't want the government to decide whether i can or cannot have an abortion that's a private decision about my personal body so you know that's also an example of decisional privacy which means i don't want any outsider to access and interfere with my private decision making process um a fourth one is you know which has been important in legal history is communication privacy so you don't want your postman opening your letters or these days your news channel showing your whatsapp chats on prime time you know <laughs> yeah that's that's all covered and i think one the, the final one important one is you know your core informational privacy which is any information about myself my bio data my opinions any my writings you know i may not want anyone to get access to them or make them public so i mean one can go on and on listing these different aspects but long story short you know as you defined earlier any matter in your life wherein you feel you aren't being let alone or you aren't able to do something without you know outside influence or access you can think of it as a privacy issue so the right to privacy in its ideal form and subject to reasonability should be protecting all these things thank you aman uh, like for telling us about what privacy is in legal terms and how it's divided into various forms Uh, so now i would like to ask you like can you give some examples of what the scary consequences of situations might be if these privacy rights are breached uh, certainly so you know breaches of your privacy lead to various harms 
uh, apart from just the core harm of feeling like someone is invading your private physical or mental space which is like the heart of it uh, privacy breaches can also lead to other harms like identity loss financial harm reputational harm uh, denial of denial to access services loss of dignity and a lot more so i'll give you an example of all of these you know and you'll notice most of them can lead to a loss of basic dignity so take identity theft which is common in usa these days suppose i steal your id cards and pretend to be abhishek tomorrow onwards you know i could take loans in your name avail your ration benefits commit a crime in your name or simply put bullshit on the internet while pretending to be you there is a lot of harms coming to you there so that's one example similarly say if netflix had a data breach and your credit card details become public there we go financial harm anyone can use your card uh, you know another scary possibility is data being used by people you didn't give to and to, they can use it to deny you services so for example you know your smart watch or fitness app uh, it no. may sell your data to insurance companies and some day you get a heart attack the insurance company could very well look at your you know their data which they have bought from your app and say boss you've been eating two mexicans and all that every day you work out less than the average person of your age does so obviously you'll get a heart attack we are not going to cover your bills so, <laughs> you know this kind of stuff can happen without a lot of protect you and next i think you must have heard recently the supreme court struck down a part of section 377 of the indian penal code which used to criminalize same sex intercourse now mm-hmm. that was a special decisional and bodily privacy issue because see the law should not be invading your personal bedroom and seeing who you are sleeping with mm-hmm. and now even now that it's legal if someone finds out you're a queer person and publicly shames you for that you will still suffer a reputational harm so again you need privacy law to protect you then in fact you know it could also lead to physical harm these days you know you if you live in a social situation where people having you know certain sexual orientation religions eating certain food eating certain books you know these these people are oppressed by a majority uh, and suppose someone shares your amazon purchase history or your google search history on a whatsapp group and some gang gathers to beat you up because they now know what all you do and this is a possibility in many parts of the world today so i mean you can have a physical harm due to a privacy breach so uh, you know these are of course the more sensational and extreme examples but they're still super important for the law to deal with and there are a lot more subtle and often hidden harms arising from things like personal profiling by companies and surveillance by the state and i think i'm happy to discuss those when we i guess get to the law and the provisions itself okay cool man damn this is scary i i never knew like a mexican or a mex pizza puff would be the reason i would not cover my insurance <laughs> or would not avail my insurance <laughs> damn damn you mcdonalds Okay, so <laughs> this is really scary now. Listening to this, it's literally making me feel very awkward right now. Like I have a fitness watch, and I am currently looking at it in a very weird way. Like I, I literally want to throw it now. Yeah, next thing you should do is read its privacy policy. <laughs> oh damn! I just pressed agree like everyone. <laughs> okay, so now I heard you mention Data Protection Act earlier, but you also mentioned at the beginning that the Supreme Court already recognized the right to privacy. could you tell a bit more about the history of privacy and privacy law in india like how it was developed over the years and is there anything all before the recent judgment no definitely so in fact notions of privacy law have been around for a while even if we may not articulate them in those very terms 
So there's this book by Rahul Mathan called Privacy 3.0, which traces how our notions of privacy and privacy law involved. So it starts from you know how building the first walls created this private space for humans for the first time, and you know then it takes you through centuries to show how the law has evolved alongside technological developments. Now it's a really short and lucid read. I do recommend it, but see it takes a whole book to fully explain the history. So uh, to give you a broad idea, we've had laws in India and abroad for centuries that have protected some aspects of privacy. So you must have seen boards on the road, you know, in some buildings that say trespassers will be prosecuted. You know, that means I can't enter your private house without your permission, and that's illegal. Uh, then you know, when technologies such as photography and telegraph emerged in the Western world, the law began protecting you against, say, publishing of your private photos which were taken secretly. or you know wiretapping into private communication and so on so you know if you fast forward to 1948 the united nations has recognized privacy as a basic human right and said that the law must protect against any arbitrary interference with one's privacy family home or correspondence and attacks against one's honor and reputation so that should give you an idea of what all was historically protected by some law or other then of course in independent india privacy was as you said not expressly mentioned in our constitution but a few cases came up before the courts where people argued that the police while doing their job had breached their privacy you know either by seizing some private documents during investigation or by entering someone's house to check what they are doing and so on so you know as time passed by the 1980s the courts slowly began saying you know that all these measures the police are taking they might just be violating the constitution because again as you said there are other provisions like our freedoms and our right to liberty and so on which were you know con- conflicting with this so the seeds for the right to privacy were always sowed since that time but it was only in 2017 in a case called puttaswami versus union of india where nine judges of the supreme court and that's a really huge bench by the way usually it's just like you know three judges at the most you know finally held up held that privacy is a fundamental right So, like I said, this came against the backdrop of the Aadhaar case and, and uh, data protection law in Europe. But now, of course, we're just waiting for the PDB bill to be passed. Okay, damn, this is this is really something that's happening. So, before we move to conclude this discussion, I would like to tell everyone about PDB bill, so that when we discuss part two and have further discussion about it, everybody gets the context of what we're talking about. What is the PDB? So it's just a general definition and some basic and some basic context about it. So the Personal Data Protection Bill 2019, it's also known as PDP Bill. It was tabled in the Indian Parliament by the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology. It this happened on 11 December 2019. Now, since as of March 2020, the bill is being analyzed by a joint parliamentary committee. Now, the final draft of this law is to be shown. uh during the budget session of 2020 which is going to happen during feb of this month during feb of our year 2021 and the bill seeks to provide protection for personal data of individuals and it also aims to create a framework or a system for processing such personal data and also establish a data protection authority for the purpose so that it regulates everything related to data related to data that happens in our state and country so yeah, that's just 
some some context for you all and now aman i would like to ask you your opinion and views about the pdp bill like what do you think uh, what do you think it has its most significance and are there any pros and cons according to you yeah so uh, see to understand where the pdp bill comes from let's first understand that you know collection of your personal data is essential to anything you sign up for today you know your school your job your passport your insurance your social media everything you do in this world today you are sharing your personal data correct so just because we have the right to privacy we can't escape this act of sharing our data with others to gain some services or benefits which we want right so if your data has to be collected how will you protect your privacy the only way to do it is by ensuring that there are certain rules governing when can your data be collected and what they can do with your data and what you can do to them when they have your data so that's exactly what the pdp bill is trying to do right as you said it's trying to create this framework of trust and accountability which allows you as an individual to share your personal data with any of these entities now it could be a company a government a local shop maybe but it just regulates your relationship their relationship with your data so uh, so no doubt this law is important because currently there is no framework which fosters any kind of trust or accountability you know which is why we are always skeptical about what facebook is doing or about what the government is doing now all these entities are called data fiduciaries by the bill and you know they have to respect certain duties and follow some rules while collecting and processing your data and uh, if they have data about you you become a data principal as per the bill which means that you have certain rights which you can enforce against these people who are collecting your data so the bill of course has a lot of other interesting provisions you know as you said setting up an authority and all that but to my mind the heart of the law is these duties it imposes and the rights it gives so again as you said the bill is not yet a law but uh, you know whatever it you know whatever after the parliament you know finalizes what it looks like what it will look like one can expect that this fundamental framework of duties and rights will be present in some form or other when it eventually becomes a law okay okay so now like moving to the last question of our part one i would like to ask you like what are some of the rights that this upcoming privacy law or the P- and the pdp bill will give us so could you give us some information about that sure so i think the way to explain this you know without going through the technicalities of the language in the bill because it's not been final yet uh, is to just understand some of the principles that the bill seeks to protect in other words anybody collecting and processing your personal data we'll have to adhere to some of these principles which are there in the bill so i think um, i'll just mention some of the interesting ones so one is purpose limitation which means you have to collect my data only for a specific purpose and then you can't use it for anything else so you know if your social media apps privacy policy says that i will use your data for providing you content recommendations only and they end up using it to give you targeted ads that won't be allowed the second one is data minimization which means you only collect as much as you need um for example zomato should not be collecting your debit card information if you are only using it for browsing and you never want to order anything right so that's data minimization the third is transparency which means you have to tell me what you are collecting why you are collecting and so on basically just have a really good privacy policy and like be nice you know explain it in a nice way don't just put 
legal jargon which nobody understands i'm not like anyone reads it anyway <laughs> but uh, in, in an ideal world this should be there it's not an ideal world so in fact there are a lot of criticisms also that you know all these things are meaning this nobody will ever read them but at least it's a first step we we do need it right now um the next one is storage limitation which means delete the data after you're done using it so you know if i give my data to arogya setu then after the pandemic ends they should delete my data they should not say for you know keep acha isko hua covid isko you know just uh deleted when you're done with the purpose for which you collected uh the next one and this is important is consent because this is again as you said it's the about the privacy policies is the heart of the law you will only collect my data after i give my full consent as to what you can collect what you can do with it and so on now uh, of course there are a lot of problems with this as we just discussed nobody reads privacy policies so nobody knows what they are consenting to the other big problem is that uh there are a lot of exceptions to this so you know if you want to receive any government services or if you have to disclose something under any law or if there is any emergency obviously you can't expect consent and the law has said that these are exceptions um the bill also and this is the you know tricky part the bill allows the government in future to come up with regulations which may even allow say private companies to process your data without consent in certain circumstances but you know we really have to see how many such exceptions are given and if our consent has any meaning left at the end of the day so this is really a scary topic which we should all you know keep an eye out for the last one i think which we should talk about is accountability because this one's important because it solves the problems that you know consent had which you know we said nobody reads and all that but accountability is something where the onus is on them not on us so they are now required to have good cyber security they should make sure that their products are designed by default to protect privacy uh, if there is any data breach they should report it immediately because you know data breaches and all are pretty common these days and it's happened to a lot of big companies so there's a lot of obligations about this and there are a lot of other principles also like fair reasonable accurate collection and so on but these are all vague general terms so we'll have to see how you know courts go ahead and interpret them so these were largely the principles which you know the people collecting your data have to uh, follow the other part is the rights which you have as a user so i have the right to access my data which you know which say facebook has processed so you know even today already because you know europe's gdpr has such a you know it's already enforced so a lot of companies have to change to comply with that so facebook insta twitter you know anything you go to any of these you already have the option to download all the data they have about you and you know i have that you should do it it's really bizarre how much they know about us so you know okay, if you let, try, let, let, let let me let me cut you off this sorry so like when you said that you know we have the permission to you know get our data like download our data from them and know how much information they have so recently uh, not recently but you know i was seeing a documentary on netflix i forgot the name sorry and it in one episode they were discussing about the numbers so this woman in europe she has a tinder profile and she regularly uses it so one day she had an idea of you know like getting her data from tinder and tinder at that time didn't have any law and didn't have any uh, policy to so for customers you know accessing their data hmm. so she like but she has the uh, right to but 
as she's a user of that app she just contacted them asking them for her data like she wants to see the data they have collected on her and she has the right to do that right to do that because she's a user so tender gave her the data and she was so like freaked out because the things that tender collected like her timings that she's active the like uh, they could guess the uh, what do you say the psych they could psychoanalyze her using her text timing and everything so that was pretty scary when i heard this and after this incident happened tinder made a policy uh, sorry if i'm wrong correct me tinder made a policy that you know like you can actually get your you can actually download your data that has been collected so that's not only with tinder but yeah as you said with facebook instagram and twitter you can do that as well even with spotify you can do that so Definitely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so i had to cut you off you can continue but this is so damn interesting yeah no it's it's really interesting i wasn't aware of the tinder example because i mean that's obviously very sensitive data so um, but yeah you're right so you know just if you if tinder is so bad imagine how much facebook and google things that we've been using for i don't know 15 years or something just imagine how much they know about you so you know they have these categories like indian marketing student anime k pop middle class rural you know they have all these buzzwords which they slot you under and they use these to decide you know what content to show you and what ads to bring you so just again let's like, think about it like if any of this goes out it's it's quite scary and um, the other you know what this bill lets you do as you said you know it allows you it, it now mandates all these companies to allow you to access this data and it also allows you to correct or delete any of this data you know because it's it's very possible now suppose you know you are just you know you're a college student you're researching about some very you know controversial topic all the time because that's your project or something and then all your internet services think you belong to that you know controversial field and it's it's quite scary again like you keep on getting random ads that you never wanted and you probably hate so you know you, you should have the right to correct that or you know delete any of this so this of course is you know it's it's an it's it's we don't know how well it will be enforced we don't really know how uh, you know how much companies are in a position to even reveal because algorithms in this age of ai and machine learning they are smarter than the companies themselves so like of course it's someone programming them but they learn by themselves so we really don't know how much we'll be able to get out of them but again this is a good first step in the sense at least we know what they think about us what these algorithms and what the company thinks about us um so yeah those are the right those are some of the rights we have and i think one final right which is interesting is the right to be forgotten so just imagine if there's a really old but embarrassing news article about you that shows up on google every time i search your name so that this could affect your well-being you know your mental well-being and also your opportunities like imagine all your employers search your name and then you know some scandalous thing you did in your teenage years that shows up every day so you know google you know if you have this right to be forgotten which the bill currently provides for the you know you, under certain strict circumstances you may get google to take down that post so it will be exciting to see how indian courts treat this and if you and i can exercise these rights in india this has happened in spain by the way this exact thing has happened in spain one one gentleman filed a case and the court said yeah under some strict circumstances it's possible so it'll be really interesting to see how these rights play out but i think again as you said the most important right is that there is a data protection authority 
there will be rather which can penalize any of these data fiduciaries who don't comply with these duties that we spoke about and the penalties which will they will have to pay are really massive so hopefully this bill will serve as a deterrent you know pushing pushing these companies and even the government hopefully to uh, you know ensure best practices and at least start respecting privacy bit by bit okay okay now this is getting like very interesting right now so as you said like all about these data fiduciaries and the rules that everyone will be expected to follow whether it's government agencies or private companies one of the flip sides i see to this is like private companies and government agencies are going to have a very hard time adjusting to this because of the number of filters that are going to be put in this due to the law so that is what we're going to discuss in the part 2 this episode was only about the basics and the introduction to privacy law and the pdp bill and discussing some topics around it so that you know we get the context about it so and another thing uh, like i would like to say is that in the next episode i mean the part 2 of this episode we are going to discuss some of the case studies incidents and some of the gray areas surrounding this law uh, and situations related to india right? surrounding this law and the pdp bill which will help us analyze this law and this bill more in terms of the indian standards like we are going to talk about how aadhar is a very great topic uh, then we are going to discuss about how it's going to affect how pdp bill is going to affect the private companies in india and we are also going to talk about mass surveillance and issues surrounding it so yeah this is just the part 1 and there's a lot more store in part 2 so thank you for tuning in and thank you aman for joining and doing this with me because i really want to you know shed light on such topics and it's good to have someone like you go yeah thank thanks so much abhishek i'm really looking forward to discussing all this stuff in part 2 okay and thank you for tuning in for part 1 and if you have any doubts or if you have any questions for aman i will write his email id in the description of this episode and and i will also put it on our social media handles so that you know you can contact him and and also plug in his linkedin so that you can get back, you can get connected to him and yeah by the way i just remember the documentary about the tinder example it is called connected it's on netflix and you you can also see social dilemma and you know uh, learn about the social profiling that happens to the social media websites that aman was uh, telling us about so yeah that's it and we'll meet you for part 2 thank you for tuning in goodbye